Hey there, folks. We are back. It's the Uticast, episode 155. And this week, we are joined once again by the returning Carrie Bostic. She's back, folks. We thought we lost her to the New England climate, but she's back once again. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk about uh, the very sad uh, story of Anthony Bourdain. Uh, we're going to run through the week in review. We're going to talk about uh, the music and movies of the past 30 years. Uh, we're going to talk about IHOB. And we're going to talk about a couple other things. All that, so much more, folks. We are so happy to have you here on the cusp of our three-year anniversary. We'll be back in just a moment. Very sweet kid. Not right now. You're upset. <laughs> I can tell you're upset. I'm upset because he's a pain in the ass. Tell me you're upset. I want to hear it in your face. No, boots. I'm really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. So mad at my little so kid. So mad. So he's so annoying. My kids are great, but he's so annoying right now. Why? Wow, what's going on? He's just throwing temper tantrums. If I look at him, he cries. What's or he, two? I, yes, he's two. Isn't that the terrible twos? It's, Isn't that what they talk about? It's real. It's, tr- it's real. It happens. I thought my kid was perfect, and he's not. I heard that the when he's three, it actually gets worse. That's the rumor. Yeah. I might not live to see. <laughs> From what I've seen with my nieces and nephews, and again, I don't have kids of my own, but I see the students, and I see uh, the my niece and nephew, it's pretty much all downhill from two. That's horrible. It goes downhill until about... Uh, I don't know yet. I'm, st- I'm, th- I'm 32 <laughs> and I'm kind of a mess still, right? So like maybe forever. I don't know. It just it's all downhill after Thank the cue. Thank you. I'm sorry. You. Just give me another glass of Jameson. Yeah, we're all having drinks today. Cheers, guys. We'll hey. do the- we haven't done this in a while. Well, we're stressed out, right? We all yeah, got stresses sure. in our lives. It's good to have stress. It means you're alive. It makes you feel like something. We've also got some nice product in the studio too. That, this you know, is so lovely we've gotta, product. So we've got to do something. This is a product that's always here. It's very rare that I uh, go back for a second glass of beer after yeah. Kevin says, "Here, try this one." But it, it was is very it's good. excellent. Say so, like a five ounce glass. It is it's a little <laughs> tiny glass. This is like Casper. That's a that's a tasting glass from last year's Brewers Fest. Actually, yeah. I aesthetically like the way it looks more okay. than the, I think it looks real sharp to drink out of the small glass. I don't know. Uh, welcome back, folks. Episode. One fifty-five. Uh, we're having some drinks uh, in celebration of the return of our good friend Carrie Bostic, uh, Munson Williams Proctor, our Institute uh, Players Utica for her third time on the pod. It was nice to have her back. I was laughing because last time she was on the pod, it was the farewell to Carrie Bostic. Mm-hmm. She's never coming back, yeah. so, and now she's back. The You're return just, of Carrie. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, we had a we had a really nice conversation. She's great. I love her. Oh, yeah, she's hilarious. Uh, she's really funny. Uh, and it was always nice talking to her. We got off track, as usual, in, in good ways. So that's always nice. Uh, she's got all sorts of events coming up for Players of Utica, which is cool that she's sort of doing her thing over there and uh, working at Munson Williams now. So that's cool. That's cool. The Players Utica Theater is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been in that building? Not the new building. We threw a show there years ago, just a one-off. It was um, me and good friend of the pod, Pat Gerace, and Mm -hmm. um, our buddy Doc and a few other people just threw a one-off show. They've got a great building down there. It's Mm -hmm. really, really nice. kind of a gem on that little State Street stretch that I like so much between the roundabout and, uh, you know, Mm Court Street. 
playersofutica.org, facebook.com slash playersofutica for all the info. We're going to talk about some of the upcoming stuff with Carrie, but I will say, as per usual, we, we get off track always. So if you want all the details <laughs> about everything that we're discussing, uh, go to playersofutica.org. Uh, org. Okay, so Heather, you're here. Hello, Heather. I, I'm trying to introduce everybody more often. I want to make sure that everyone knows who everyone is. You introduce is. everybody all the time, I think. I'm trying to make a point of it, though, because I sometimes feel like we just get off and I don't tell everyone who's here. Okay. People, you know what I mean? Okay. Heather's here. I'm here. Heather, it's nice to see you. We, I have a question for you. You seem stressed out about your kid when you're yeah. walking in. Uh, we briefly, for a second, were like, she's not bringing the kid here during the podcast. Well, no, because Sam said, yeah, where's Heather with her son? And I'm like, wait, is she bringing him? How many beers have you had? I, none. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I was that trying four thoughts. And then, no, and then, and then we were Kids debating, like, if the kid came here, what you, I could give him to do that's in Sam's the Sam's like, oh, I'll put on a Nintendo game. I'm oh, like, that's too small. I'm like, he's two. Even like a regular, like Mario, he couldn't play? No, he's he too young, he's right? two. So, so if I gave him Mario, or no, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Wrestling Buddy, which are sitting in the studio. about five minutes out of that. Five minutes. About five minutes. So he would not be entertained in enough time. So what would be the best thing to offer him? Like on Legos? Legos. What about television? See, I would think Legos would be too small. Yeah, maybe some TV. No, he got big. Like he does the big ones. Okay, okay. Like he'll play with them for like a half hour. Like I'm not kidding. You guys, you hear the ice cream truck? It's going down and, the street. Go Every time we're doing the truck. show, the ice cream truck comes. We should by. invite him in. This is prime. <laughs> yeah, live interview <laughs> with the ice cream man. I'm into it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think this is prime ice cream territory. Um, Probably we got a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Do we want to wait until the ice cream man leaves? Should I pause it and then come back? I don't know. This is. I, it's pretty loud. Beats. He's got beats in this. Do we want it live? <laughs> he's going. He's gone. No, All right, he's gone. All right. You can just be background music. It's fine. All right, so yeah, thanks, Ice Cream Man, for his quick guest visit. Uh, a couple <laughs> things before we dig into stuff this week. Um, uh, it was the three-year anniversary episode next week for us guys. Three straight years really? to do it. Yeah. hundred and one fifty-six. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm not doing special episodes anymore. We already talked about episode 150. Maybe we'll talk about it again in 200. But it's just interesting to think three yeah, straight three years. years. awesome. You should have a you should have a special. Uh, I don't. I don't like having special. Justin offered to interview me, which I don't think anyone wants to hear. Right? Like I was like, because Justin won't give me a real interview. He won't no, do. You know what I mean? I'm just scared of what that would. He, well, because here's the thing. Justin and I have sort of degraded into just doing shtick when we're around each other. Like, if, especially if it's on the podcast. It's the only way I can communicate with him is shtick. Yeah, shtick, right? So it's I don't trust him to do that for me. Uh, but maybe we'll do something interesting. I don't know. I don't have anything special planned. But three I can years. try to interview you, but yeah. I don't you know how that would work. You know everything about me already. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we, like, we have a person weird. on the show who's been on a lot interview. I'll say, I'll have yes, do you know how like, David will have people <laughs> I'll have come, come on interview me. There you go. I'll yeah. have Heather interview me since she's so curious. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, have have, I actually do have lots of questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. After the show. Okay. Um, uh, Kev, just to address last week, we very uh, it was 2-0 in the NBA Finals last week when we did it this was. episode. The f- NBA Finals are over. Yeah, uh, get your brooms yeah. out. <laughs> are you surprised? Are you get surprised your brooms at all? Out. Uh, I thought it was a fine, if lackluster, NBA Finals. It felt a little down because it was so quick, uh, yeah. although it felt expected. Uh, I think the highlight for me in the postgame was LeBron uh, and Steph pretty much disinviting themselves from the White House before Trump awesome. had the chance to do it. Of course. Uh, and then, of course, he did that, you can't fire me, uh, you, I, you can't quit, I'm firing you thing, where he's like, well, they weren't invited anyway. They were never coming. <laughs> Uh, I, I like that this has been a discussion. Now it's like I'm just disinviting myself from things that I I don't know. Well, I don't know. I've been doing it pretty successfully for a long time. <laughs> myself. I'm like, just hey, in case you invite me, or anything, I'm not coming. I'm not. Coming. But I might be back now, so we'll see. It's true. It's true. Uh, and then I just want to say quickly, uh, and I want to give a shout out to it. Last week was the uh, first 
made in Utica, uh, Franklin Square Film Festival evening. I heard the turnout was amazing. One of our best turnouts, I'd I say. I couldn't make it because I was at work. The Sandlot pulls people out. I wonder if it was just the nice weather. It was a perfect night for it, by the yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a nice mix of everything. A lot of a lot of people were excited to be there. It's a great movie. It's a great family movie. It's really mm-hmm. like funny for all. I forgot what a good movie it is. I've heard time. that their yoga the next day was the biggest turnout they ever had. Yeah, I've heard it was, that. Heard so that. it's kind of awesome to see that it it's got better. For sure, like, growing. Instead of like less. It was a busy weekend out. everywhere. I had a busy beautiful. weekend at work too. Like we had, there were events all weekend long. Mm. All weekend long. That's where this beer that we're tasting comes from, was the New York State Craft Brewers Festival. Yeah. That's we right. Got, we had it this weekend. We I get, so on Saturday, we got like 43 New York State breweries. We were all in, out in the courtyard at Saranac. We had the tents up and everything. So you pay to get in. You just pay the one price. You get your sampling glass. You get unlimited samples. Now, the problem with this is they'll give you a five-ounce glass. <laughs> you ten problems but everybody, yeah, this, Well, we had about ten problems. But um, everybody gets the glass, and everybody's serving, like, these 10.5 ABV barrel-aged. <laughs> like, everybody's bringing, just bringing gas. You know what I mean? Because everybody wants to show off. So uh, it was. it's always one of the drunker events of the year, but it's always one of the best because I never get time to go visit these breweries, so it's nice when they'll come to me. Yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah, you had a very, and then there was a concert last night. We you had our first concert, yeah. yeah, we had the Dirty Heads yesterday, it was 10am to 1am was Oof. the work day yesterday, or maybe 11 Oof. and then, but, uh, yeah, it was long, we had a great turnout, we uh, had a, we did a lot of, it was wild, it was one of those days where it's just, some days it's just a sprint, and you're like, mm. today feels like it was seven days long and also 20 minutes long. <laughs> uh, I don't have many work updates. I, I did think it was funny today. I had to go into the, ed- uh, as an education guy, the kids are gone, but the teachers are still at the school. It's always funny to walk through a school when there's no students because you just see the teachers being real folks for the first time. I like, noticed because you came home from work today and you were wearing like jeans and like a hip distressed t-shirt. Yeah, like, a t-shirt. I'm like, what was, I, I knew what he was doing. Uh, a lot of my, um, a lot of my work at the school right now is pretty much un packing my room so it's pretty much just taking stuff off boxing everything up so they can come in and clean up all the desks and I think all that that's stuff. just regular packing yeah 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 uh so i'm not gonna wear like a dress shirt because i'm sweating by that it's like 75 you wear that vest too? no this is because i got like, chilly curious. in the late day because kevin said i'm weak and i have a weak bloodline and i'm soft oh. <laughs> yeah it's really nice out if he's cold yeah, today know, and he's nice. weak yeah, it's fine he's it's got fine. no constitution no constitution no <laughs> it's just funny when you're walking through the hallways and you hear like music coming out of the like the classrooms and the teachers are just being real people it's always funny you never think of your teachers as real folks when you're a young kid it's true um but we are we're into things we like stuff <laughs> like music and art uh all right uh let's get serious for just one second oh, um, man. yeah serious time i hope it's not too serious. serious well we're gonna talk about anthony bourdain i just want to say oh man yeah, this was this, uh i don't remember what day of the week it was, it was over the weekend i want to say this happened uh, but i was going friday. somewhere i was leaving friday. 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 It was like friday i was yeah. leaving for work that makes sense and i the breaking news came up on my phone mm-hmm. right and i was like standing in the doorway on the way out to work and i like did that thing that you see in movies where, like i just stood there for a second i was like yeah what? yeah um Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, it was just one of those moments where we were driving up to Lake Placid and the whole time it was just somber, the whole way up there, because it just couldn't believe it. It was so sad. I saw this sort of said a couple different ways on social media platforms by a couple different people, but it, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of people saying, like, I don't normally get, like, upset when, like, some celebrity thing happens, yeah. right? But, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, but this felt different because he's one of those celebrities that people felt like you could feel close to that he was well, so I open. definitely so yeah <laughs> so i definitely real. identify with what you're saying because I'm, I'm in the same boat you know a lot of celebrities pass away yeah. and it's tough for me to really you know i'm like oh man that's a shame but like that one i remember i woke up and i was looking at my phone trying to like wake myself up start reading stuff to get like the brain going 
And that was like the first result on my phone when I pulled up, you know, my preferred browsing method of choice. And you just sort of stop for a minute, like, wait a minute, because what we had talked about, Sam, earlier, and we've talked about it for years and years, years. like, when you sit there and you're just having, like, banter and, you know, you're BSing with your friends and you talk about, like, oh, if you could trade lives with any, like, celebrity, if you could trade lives with any, like, mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain is the bar. Yeah. I know, I've said for many, many life. years, so many times, like, that guy's got the best life mm-hmm. that there could ever be. You get paid to just travel all over the world, make new friends with people, you know, drink a whole bunch, eat a whole bunch of good food and talk about it and write about it. I mean, that's that's genuinely the dream yeah. and be a millionaire to do so. And, you know, to imagine that somebody who could be living what I would really chalk up as my, my dream existence, to know that somebody could still be struggling to the point where they take their own life is really kind of jarring. And it really yeah. goes to show the power of some of the issues that people face when you've got for what, you know, millions and millions of people would call a perfect life. Yeah. You know, a perfect life, the dream life, and you're still, you know, you've got an 11-year-old kid, and these things happen. It's just, it really sort of shakes you a little bit. Absolutely. You know, I, living in New York when it was in my, you know, 20s, working in restaurants, I read uh, Kitchen Confidential, which is, I would say, the best culinary book, like the most the most popular, most important. Definitely color. his flagship yeah, book. His yeah, his flagship book, and... It really did speak to a what it was like in that time and place. Well, and I think that's the thing too that he might not get enough credit for is as an author. As an author, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody yeah. knows him from his shows, but his books—I've got you know almost all of his books. I've yeah. read him. He's a really engaging author too. Yeah, he had almost like a not a Hunter S. Thompson thing, but he spoke in a in a way that was relatable. It's a really genuine, relatable, readable voice. You yeah. find that with some people that write, where like anybody can pick it up and it's engaging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, very sad stuff. I know for anyone who like, uh, I know that Parts Unknown is on Netflix for like another six Couple days. Uh, there is a petition actually going around for people that are sending people are petitioning Netflix to keep it on. Yeah, uh, I wonder if they'll do it. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of response happens. Um, Maybe the rights might might just be going to somebody else. Yeah, too. like I don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. not to be cynical about it, but yeah, I'm positive that people are going to be ready to cash in, mm-hmm. and so his content will become even more available yeah. than it already was. Um. You know, and last week I didn't talk about it. I don't know as much about her, but you know, Kate Spade also. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was very sad. And I don't, I don't know as much. I don't know if you have any Kate Spade. No, no you don't know anything about it. You're a fashionista no. type. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but I, you know, I saw a lot of people on social media who were very upset about that as yeah. well. Uh, and again, just uh, a few months ago, I had to go to a uh, funeral for somebody who, for this was the reason, right? This was why they passed away, and I was there with my mom. And, uh, you know, my mom was really upset about it, right? And she was just like, how, what was going through their mind? I don't, I don't understand. I was like, I, that's the sad, the, the sad and depressing part is you never, you'll never get the answer. You'll, you'll never, never know. know. You'll never know. No answer. They don't know. Nobody knows, right? And that's, and that's the thing. And I, I saw a lot of, like, really shitty takes on, like, Twitter and social media. But for the most part, I thought people were pretty sensitive about the issue. I always, you know, I always knew something I was taken by a lot of the internet coverage and the Twitter stuff is, you know, I knew how much I revered Anthony Bourdain and a lot of Mm. people I knew, he was somebody that had that common ground with a lot of people. Like, you talked to a lot of people like, I like this guy. I was still a little bit taken aback by how large the the outpouring online was, like, all the articles, the think pieces, and how, like, completely positive the coverage was. Like, Mm. it was really, I was kind of taken aback by just how reverently it was all covered and at such a large Mm. scale when it happened. Uh, for anyone looking for uh, just a little extra Anthony Bourdain in their lives, I'll give you a couple suggestions. I don't remember what season it is. 
Uh, but Parts Unknown, where he goes to Lyon, France, possibly my favorite episode of that show, where he goes into the uh, Paul Boscu uh, Institute for Culinary Stuff. He digs into, like, the roots of, uh, of like, French cuisine. It's really excellent, really amazing. Never the made one, me want to go to France more in my life. The yeah. one that I watched the other night after this had happened, I watched yeah. an episode when I was going to bed, was the one where he goes to Hanoi, Vietnam. Mm. And that's the one where he goes out and he ends up having dinner with uh, Barack Obama yeah. in some weird little noodle <laughs> yeah. shop. And then they're drinking yeah. beers, having noodles. And it's funny because you watch it at first, like when they're first meeting and like the motorcade is pulling up yeah. and the Secret Service is out there just tossing Vietnamese everywhere and everything. Like you can tell Obama's very much in politician mode, but as you watch it and they edit this interview together for television, you can see him get more comfortable yeah. and start talking and see him as like just another mm. regular guy. And I think that was one of the things, the gifts that Anthony Bourdain had mm. was to get everybody to talk to him just like an old friend and everybody was yeah. sort of on that same level. Mm. I try to treat people like that when I meet him too, so... Yeah, I think that's the other one, too, that I've noticed a lot. A lot of people looked at Bourdain as sort of this, like, this mystical figure to, like, you could aspire to be this kind of person. Like, yeah. he wasn't, he was a just person. And a lot of people were talking about this as well. His his girlfriend at the time, Asia Argento, he was a very outspoken, uh, he was one of the more outspoken celebrities in this in the Me Too movement and the and Time's Up stuff that was going on, uh, especially early on when she was being accused of this and sort of... And not even being not shot even, down, and not even outspoken, but like embraced in the way that yeah. he spoke. And one of the guys who mm. got a lot of credit from, you know, even um, a lot of different, you know, uh, feminist heavy publications, things yeah. like that. A lot of people being this guy is a true ally, ally and this yeah. guy really, really gets it and does it. And he was very high profile, mm. which is where the conspiracy theories start to come in. I've, I've, read read some I've seen some of those as well. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. A uh, couple stats for you guys. Uh, again, suicide right now is the number ten. Uh, leading cause of death in the United States. I read the other day it's up. Uh, 30, suicides in America up 30% Zach didn't believe me. I said it's up 30%. He's like, that's got to be. Um, so oh, the numbers that I had, this is from an Axios website from today. So if you trust Axios' numbers, I guess you go from there. They say it's 16% from 1990 to 2016 across the country. Mm-hmm. And then it has rates across various states. Uh, Arkansas up 28.8%. Uh, Wyoming 28.8%. Those are very high. New York is up 9.3% over the same time period. Again, uh, you know, if you know somebody, you know, it's always worth a question to ask. You know what I mean? I, I just, it, it doesn't feel comfortable sometimes, but, you know, make sure you look out for the people you care about. Make sure you reach out to your friends, man. It's just funny. reach out. I reached out. out to a couple people. I never really do that this weekend. And I f- yeah. at first I felt awkward. It I does. Sent it some private message awkward. and I'm like, are they, is this person think I'm messaging them because they think they're going to, no, I just wanted them to know that I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I'm going through stuff like similar and that well, I think of you. And that's what I said to them. I'm thinking of you. It's nice sometimes, you know, you reach out to people and you feel good when you reach out because yeah. at first it feels awkward and I get that because we're so, mm-hmm. you know, socialized and conditioned like not bring up stuff like that and you, it makes you question yourself and you <laughs> reach that hand out yep. but, you know, a lot of times you do it and you feel a lot better because you have really, you know, a genuine talk even if it's just exchanging a couple messages, you know, touch base and make sure that everybody you care about knows you care about them because, you know, life is too short and it gets proved to us every single day so it's just a really, if you do nothing else when you wake up in the morning, Tell somebody that you care about that you care about them that day. And if you are concerned and have more questions, uh, 1-800-273-TALK. That's National Suicide Hotline. That number's been going around. If you know somebody, uh, you know, or you need more information, you don't know who to ask, it's worth a good place to start. You know. All right. 
Uh, before we go to this interview, let's just knock through a couple uh, things from the news. Do we try want to get the mood back up? Yeah, try to bring it back up. <laughs> uh, so, you can't really go from like suicide prevention one eight hundred number to like. So here's the interview. Yeah, so yeah, here's the interview. Uh, so here's a couple things from this week we didn't really talk about. We didn't talk about uh, Trump at the G seven. Uh, do you have any thoughts about him? Sort of. Yeah, it's getting it's getting worse. It's, get, it's getting worse every <laughs> single week. Like we're going to trade war with the allies and. And they're just, they're trying to destroy Western democracy, and by they, I just Everybody do mean hates Trump's us. dad, <laughs> Vladimir, and like, uh, that man. was, man, that was the one thing I took away from it, was him sort of arguing for why Russia should be let back in, and then blaming Obama for why, I mean, like, he, like, you know what I mean, like, he's like, he's like, Russia should be back in, and then it's Obama's fault that the Ukraine's not here, but Russia, whatever, fine, but Obama, though. And it's like, wait, what? How did you... And then we just let him get away with it, because that's what we do. We're just like, yeah, fine. There's nothing yeah. we can do. Like I said last I'm, week, we have to stop treating him like he's a person. <laughs> yeah, you did say that on Twitter. You just have to, like, move ahead. Dangerous to say that on Twitter, by I the know, way, Heather. You could have got some trolls I don't out have there. enough people following me. <laughs> hey, listen, it didn't stop me. When I got caught up in my Twitter thing, They, I don't have that many followers, but they were on me. They, 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 they knew. Um, we already talked about Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Rafael Nadal wins 11th French Open What's that, tennis guy? That's tennis. Neat. Uh, How'd that make the cut? Mm-hmm. Must be a slow It's week. a big one. Apparently that's a big deal. Is that a big deal? It's uh, I had no idea. Yeah, I guess it means something. I don't something. know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't no, know. We're good. good. Move on. Yeah, I don't sure. need any more. Yeah, fine. Okay. I don't need any more on Rafael Nadal. <laughs> uh, as of right now, Donald Trump is oh God. in yeah. North Tell Korea. Tell me more about Nadal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's in North Korea. We're still alive as of this taping. It's, it's like still Monday, yeah, so by the so time you get this... I hope we're still alive. <laughs> That's a hot take that everybody's been saying, but if something's going to pop off from this thing, it'll be residual down the road. It's not yeah, going to be no, while he's there. Yeah. Like, now that we've got no, you. No, he'll yeah. come back and tweet something. <laughs> also, they're, they're, they literally can't make it over here. Like They just can't. No. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? And, and I, t- I said this to you off camera. Uh, or off, off, off There's cameras in here? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, shut it down. <laughs> I said this down. off microphone. Um... It doesn't matter what they talk about. They could no. sit there and look at that stupid no. Michael Jordan ball display thing for like 20 minutes and he's going to be like, what a phenomenal meeting. We shook hands. We compared our hand sizes just and everything's fine now. For yeah, those of you keeping score at home, that's the fourth slip into Trump voice for this week's episode. <laughs> right, well, uh, well it, yeah, I just don't think anything's going to aggravate. He's going to come back no. and talk about how glorious no. of a meeting it was. and then All Trump, the world yeah, is a stage. This is just <laughs> theater for people. Like... Uh, he- uh, Heather, sad news. Former Fleetwood Mac guitarist Danny Kerwin died at 68. You were just talking about Fleetwood Mac. They're mm-hmm. all... I know, that's why I wanted my tickets. And Fleetwood I... Mac's not one of the guys with the name involved. I, I mean, like, Dan- what's his name? Danny They'll Kerwin? They'll have a replacement. But still, I wanted- that's why I was getting sad about not going to the concert. Like, they're all just going to die off before you I better can. hurry up and go oh, see this guy didn't. This guy didn't <laughs> now, this guy didn't play on any of the good ones, though. He only played on... Then play on Blues Jam at Chess... Kill, I don't even know any of these ones. No, not no, Tusk no. and not uh, the one with Dreams. So. Rumors. Rumors. There you That's go. The there album. it is. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, do you got, hey guys, another horse for the second time Thomas. in four years won the Triple Crown. You know the name of it? Justify. Secretariat. No. Justify. <laughs> Justify. Hey, you got it. Nice. I didn't know. I paid attention. Oh, I did not pay I attention I at did. all. I did. Did you have money on it? No. You paid attention and you didn't have money on it. You should start playing the pony. No, you I don't play want the pony. To play yeah, the yeah, pony. yeah, 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 yeah. No. I think mm, I don't gamble. We're on the OTB. Let's play some bets. We should. Second Triple Crown winner in the last four years. The last one was in 2015. You remember the name of that one? Does it start with S? No. When you say it, I'm going to remember yeah, it and I'm going to be mad. 
Uh, American Pharaoh. I'm so mad. He's so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad. Uh, USA Sports columnist Dan Wolken says American this Pharaoh's a good name. It is, is a good great name. name. Yeah. Uh, he says this shouldn't diminish the just the, the, the achievement of this horse. Like apparently it's the first like it's very rare for the Triple Crown to happen. We made a big deal out of it the two years ago when mm-hmm. that horse won, and now this one's like yeah whatever we see. No, these horses can't stop. No, I can't stop. Can't stop. Won't it's stop. They're all on juice. <laughs> that's a, that's the story, right? The horses listen, are okay, all on listen. Juice. If everybody in all of the sports in the world is taking steroids, so are, so for sure pumping steroids into the horses. Yeah, yeah okay. for sure. There's no question. I want justified tested then. Just yeah. <laughs> test the horses. Test them all. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, that's it. Let's go to this week's interview. Again, third time we had her on the show, Carrie Bostic. Last time you heard her, she was leaving for Nantucket. <laughs> she was done with this two-bit town, she said. That's a direct quote from last time's interview. She didn't say that. Uh, no, it was really nice to talk to her about coming back. We talked about a lot of things. Uh, we talked about uh, her new job at Munson-Williams. talked about her position helping out at Players Utica. PlayersUtica.org. they got all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, today is their first, ep- if you listen to this on Tuesday, today is their first edition of $10 Tuesdays, doing an open mic night. So check that out. Mm-hmm. PlayersUtica.org. Uh, let's check out this week's interview for the third time. Carrie Bostic. be back in just a moment. going to start the interview and then we'll go like fall into it and then it happens well then it happens and that's fine right. but what will also happen is i'll end the interview mm-hmm. and then a lot of times people will want to like hang out and chat for a minute especially yeah. if they don't have something to do and then the immediate question is always wait are you still recording right it's always like the number <laughs> because one because they know you kind of fade in yeah i faded in my, they think yeah. i'm trying to scam them somehow no. uh carrie you're back i'm back in utica it's great to be back which is wild <laughs> because we spent a whole episode giving you a farewell show i know I'm the only person who's ever got a farewell show and i'm that sorry was, that's okay that was episode 98 which was the last time mm-hmm. you were on that is 57 episodes ago so wow. a full year plus a uh, month and a half yeah. Almost. Yeah, it really has been. Uh, so, welcome back. How's your year and a half been? <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, it's nice to be. It's nice to be home again and doing a lot of projects, which is both tiring and wonderful. <laughs> I understand that completely. It's. Uh, I've always sort of said like I need to be busy or else I'm going to go insane, right? Uh, yeah. But now I feel like I'm like I could be less busy. <laughs> it could be. It'd be nice if I was right. slightly less busy. Creeping back a just, little just bit. Just a but... tiny, tiny little bit. Yeah. Uh, so for folks who uh, didn't listen to our interview back then, uh, just a quick sort of recap. Uh, around then, it was episode 90. I don't have the exact date on mm-hmm. it. Uh, you were moving to Nantucket. Yes, I did. And uh, you were reporting <laughs> at the Nantucket Inquirer and Mirror. Correct. I don't. I don't know what necessarily happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to you're back now. You've been back, back for, how long yeah. have you been back now? Oh, since around Thanksgiving. Actually, I feel like I saw you at one of our outdoor events, which was the first time I'd seen yes. you back. And I, I think was it like, was in oh. September. September, yeah, yeah. You were, yeah, Franklin Square. Yes, at the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to ask, and I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how things turned out, was it just not what you expected? Was it not the right fit? Did you... It just wasn't the right fit. Yeah. I've never been considered um, 
a personality that hasn't been able to make friends, but I was really having a hard time out there. Really? Yes. <laughs> is, is there any particular thing you chalk that up to? Is it like a just I, demographics, politics, whatever? Just sort of like... I liked a lot of the stuff and the attitudes on the island sure. as far as uh, just general... If you go political spectrum or kind of environmental, yeah, that was yeah. all cool. Sure. They're very hip to the environmental because the island yeah. is eroding, and so <laughs> right. someday may fall into the ocean, so they kind yeah. of have to be conscientious. Well, but Isn't that all fake news? I keep hearing that it's all fake now. Like, this is all, they're all making <laughs> Well, you go up. look at the storm pictures before and <laughs> yeah. after and tell me there are houses that are actually, since I've been there, have yeah. now become, you can't use them. Yeah. They're totally unusable because of the erosion. Uh, but at any rate... Yeah. It was more of just, it wasn't the right fit, um, mm. but it was the right move. I made the right move, career-wise. Right, right. I was making the right choice sure. with the information that I had at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then um, just kind of a lot of things snowballed at the same time, and uh, it's very tough geographically mm. to kind of be that disconnected from... Yeah. The mainland, too. Yes, that is an interesting... Which it's, I think it's, everyone thought about, except for me. Yeah, it's true. It really is like a... It, 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 you know, to mm-hmm. use the phrase, an island on its own, it, it, it is, is no man literally is an island, and physically. But I lived on one, so uh, well, yeah, whatever. But my mother, even, when I was coming back uh, to, to take the job here, mm-hmm. back in Utica, um, she was like, well, can't you get an early start? Like, I don't want you to get... I'm like, I have to wait for the boat to take my car for two hours to get to 30 miles to land. Yeah, yeah. So it's just very, co- it's very expensive yeah. to go back and forth. It's very complicated um, with just transportation in general with that. But it's, it's, it's hard to break into the social scene because they don't, they don't really need any more friends because they kind of have their year round people that they're pretty tight with and they, everybody else is kind of... Yeah. Peripheral. You don't know if you're, sure. they're going to be there for a while, so you don't want to invest. And this is a hard question to ask, I guess. Was there like a particular moment where you're like, "Yeah, this isn't going to work," or did it just sort of slowly kind of creep up on you? I think I was trying to. I think I was trying to jive with it, it. Yeah. and then uh, there was there was one day where um, my boyfriend realized how bad the situation was getting, and he's like, "Do you want to come back?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> God, yes. I'm like, so and I was in total denial of it up until that moment. Were you doing the long distance thing? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, From man. right before, right before we, right before I left. So, which oh, that was even more confusing yeah, yeah. because I'm like, I am doing this major career decision. Yeah. And then I really like, but I really like this person. And then it's like, wh- I need to just work. I'm going to, I really like you. I don't. And then I, as soon as I started getting ready to leave, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, why, are I <laughs> why am I leaving here? <laughs> now, but. I have to... So that probably helps a little bit, because the next question mm-hmm. I was going to ask you is just the same question. Oh, Charlie, do you want to be involved in the interview, Charlie? I can hear you meowing. All right. Uh, so the question I have to mm-hmm. ask you is the same question everyone asked me when I came mm-hmm. back. Was there a part of you that was, like, concerned about coming back at all? I don't think so, which okay. is the opposite of what happened... When I studied abroad in college, I was terrified to come back. Terrified to, to come back. Yeah. At that point, because I'm like, everything's going to be different. I'm going to have missed out on all this stuff. Mm. I didn't. It was. Yeah, yeah. I, I had friends that I had a couple friends break up while I was in a foreign country, <laughs> and then people who were going to the same mm. college as them were still. Mm. Asking me questions about the breakup. I'm like, I don't, I'm not even on the same continent, you guys. Yeah. Like, I can tell you what I know, but I feel like you should be doing more research yeah. on your end. Now, you were working uh, OD before you left. Mm-hmm. Was, Absolutely. Was there ever 
thought about coming back? Did you reach out to them when you came back? Or were you not really interested in doing the, the, the reporting thing anymore? I love the OD. I just was like, I want to try something new. Because sure. I feel like it sure. was such a short turnaround time. I'm like, this whole career decision was to try something different. So Well, I only ask because I know you still, yeah. you're still probably friendly with most of the folks oh, down yeah. there. And I'm sure that they would have had you back had you wanted to come back. I, I love mean, them dearly. I'm a second generation OD uh, <laughs> employee, so it's always had a place in my heart and always will. Uh, but since you've been back, you are now uh, the interactive marketing manager. At Munson yes. Williams Proctor Arts Institute, uh, how did that sort of come up into the periphery for you? Like, how did you find that job? Um, it's kind of funny. I kind of heard about it from three different people over the course of the week, and uh, one of whom was my dad because he sometimes freelances for sure. the OD and heard that the person was leaving. And it's a friend of mine, Ali Priori, had the position yep. before me. She and I had done theater together, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of started to. Uh, reach out and be like I'm really interested in this I love the institute Mm. I've always loved going to the sidewalk art show when I was a little kid and from there on and it's just always good stuff to do so it just kind of fit and it's kind of a easy transition from news to that because so many of the things that you kind of wind up doing are news adjacent they're the same skills well i kind of i gotta say you know doing the podcast for as long Mm -hmm. as i have i actually feel like there's a certain part of me that like i get tired talking about the news that's once a week Mm -hmm. now and i think that you know and you know i'm somewhat progressive liberal whatever you want to call me uh i think some of that is just burnout i also think that if i were writing politics for a living or writing news i'd Mm -hmm. be in a place where i'm like god this is it's got to be something different that to do about this do you get frustrated watching like people in the news, like national news journalists sometimes? Um, sometimes. Sometimes you just feel like it's leading a question or they're just not it's it's sometimes it's a matter of objectivity, but then also it can just be kind of the whole direction that they're coming from on a on a topic. You're totally getting distracted by the kind of tagline of yeah. the day as yeah, opposed yeah. to the actual people being affected by this problem. I think there's a couple things that I, that come to my attention when I've been thinking about it lately. Mm-hmm. One, I think that the news cycle... It's exhausting. <laughs> well, it, it moves at the pace of technology yeah. now. Right, which technology is, is fast. Instant. Yeah. instant. A lot of things in the world, like politics, right. do not move at the speed no. of technology. They work at the speed of politics. And you have right. to come up with that content every day. People want something to read right. during the day. They want some, that's the reason they go to this. And, and I do think that there becomes... You sort of become chasing it. I have mm-hmm. to chase some story right. because I need content for today. I think um, it's different in print, though, as yeah. opposed to TV. And I think, well, the talk, sh- the talk show. Let's let's yeah, be, sure. let's yeah, be yeah. clear because there's a distinction between TV journalism and well, the the talk shows because it's like, so much. I even look at like internet journalists. Like I go to like you know yeah. Slate and Politico mm-hmm. and Vox, all these things, and like all of these things have right. they have to come up with tons of content every day. And I even read some of this, and I'm like, yeah. I agree with this, but you're stretching, right? Like this is yeah, this yeah. is this should not. You're you're not wrong, but this is this is not necessary yeah. to spend this amount yeah, yeah, yeah. of time on something. Hmm. But it's because it's a trending hmm. topic, and that's yeah. it's too much of yeah, yeah. what you're seeing and consuming <laughs> yeah. is not actually important. Right. It's All it's right. a superficial element of something that's a bigger topic. I've gone way off from where this I is our right. <laughs> no, But I, I have one more question for you mm-hmm. about this because now that we're already talking about it, yeah. And I because you probably have an opinion about this from your time doing reporting. Do you feel like there is an inherent necessity in the reporter to be unbiased when something is very clearly one way or the other, right? 
Like, I know that's so tr- It's kind of a rough right. question. Like, is there a need to... You have to toe the middle line. Like, if you take one side as a journalist, even though you feel justified for it, do you feel like there has to be part of you that goes back the other side to say something about it? I think there's, there's two lines of thought. Yeah. There's the five minutes for the Nazis, five minutes for the Jews conversation, sure. which is, I right, think, right, the right, second right. part of yeah. the question. Right, right. And then I think there's... What I always tried to strive for was uh, just kind of... You are not the important part of the story. Yes. You leave yourself a, out of that's it. That's a great point, actually. And I am going to go where the story leads me. Mm-hmm. So that story could be just because of my sources, and I'm reaching out to people on all sides of the spectrum for mm-hmm. this story. Sure. So as long as you're doing that, then you're going to come up with something that actually is a sample of everything that you're hearing. Right, right, right. And you can formulate, the, these are the facts, these are people's opinions, and it kind of mm-hmm. shapes itself from there. Yeah, I think, you know, we get into a place now where a lot of times, and this is mostly for television, I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, you see a lot of opinion presented right. as fact. And that's not, and I'm, I am I probably sound like a like a whiny liberal, the only people are, ah, shaking their hands at <laughs> I don't think that that's just a Fox News problem. I think that's, no. a, I think that's an everybody problem. I, right? had, like it's, yeah. I had a friend who told me about this, and it's because the FCC kind of changed some of the regulations yeah. for, for not mm-hmm. news 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 like your local news is your new yeah. local news that's well, that's but, a whole other conversation no but too, your local news is your local news but i'm saying they kind of loosened they loosened some of the fcc yes. things mm-hmm. so that now you can kind of have an opinion-based show without having yeah. a lot of hard data yeah. um and so it can really be whatever kind of beast you want it exactly. on whatever side of the spectrum mm. you want it mm. and people didn't realize that that happened and that no. was an interesting thing to find out about because this <laughs> yeah. predated my existence on this earth oh, yeah. in America. So I didn't know that that was the reason for kind of the devolution of yeah some of the some of the talk. It's like the twenty four hour talk cycle, I guess, was what there's, it is. Well, there's definitely something to be said too that um, like I had this argument uh, on last week's podcast about mm-hmm. the Roseanne thing mm-hmm. and the Samantha versus the Samantha B thing. Right. I saw a lot of people like conflating these two arguments, and it's, like. They're not the same, and the reason I said this is like, look, for as much as you want to say that it's all part of the act, like when someone goes on a social media platform and as says themselves. as themselves, you're making a personal statement, right? Uh, you, I'm not saying that what Samantha B said is whatever. I, I don't, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I find that mm-hmm. to be a comedy show. I tend to think that you it can is get away with show. more on a comedy show than right. you can. I'm a big proponent of like stand up comedy in the same way too. Like, but I it's think, also. Stand-up comedy tends to be more provocative, so if they yeah, curse yeah. or if they drop something mm-hmm. that's probably an inappropriate thing to call somebody, but that's yeah. kind of part of the whole yeah. bit of trying to break that stuff down. Right. I do think that if Samantha B had said that on her Twitter account... That would be a whole different... It would have different, been a different thing, right? <laughs> that would have been exactly the same thing yeah. as what... Yeah. I'm also concerned that when <laughs> they say, you know, that she says this thing mm-hmm. and people focus on this... And they miss the whole rest of the story, which is talking about like these children being taken away from their parents. And that's what she was really upset about. Yeah. And at, at the end of the yeah. day. And we've lost this whole narrative because we got focused on the language, right? right. Yeah. And that's I think that's kind of going back to my earlier yeah, yeah. point. That's that's mm. my biggest problem is we're getting distracted by jargon, right. terminology, right. people using different definitions of the same word, not realizing that the the word might have evolved. Since yeah, exactly. then, not not the word Samantha B. Sure, right, I'm right, just right, saying, right. generally, um, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Everything's changing. <laughs> so, Munson Williams Proctor Arts Institute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I what I initially meant to yes. start. So you get in with uh, interactive market uh, mm-hmm. marketing manager Munson Williams. Uh, 
for me, the layman who doesn't mm-hmm. know anything about okay. this, uh, what's the day-to-day like for you on that? What does that mean you're out there doing on a regular um, basis? I manage a lot of social media accounts. Oh, that sounds good. Um, I do <laughs> a dreadful. lot of uh, kind of social media advertising. Mm. I handle that as well. Um, I take a lot of photos right. for right. events right. at mm. the Institute, which is a lovely thing. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Well, I, I wonder, because I, I look at a lot of businesses mm-hmm. around here, right? Even large-scale businesses, right. like famous, popular businesses, that don't employ a social media department right. yet. And it's interesting when you see businesses that have yet, not yet realized this is an important aspect of where we're going Absolutely. Now, it's like, who are you? <laughs> did you come into that job already, or did you sort of, was this job existing? This is already a job. Yeah, this yeah, has yeah. Been a, this, this, is, this position had been around for a oh, few okay. years, um, and before that, um, other people in the department had kind of handled it, mm. parts of it, the, the Facebook and everything else, but as times change, there's so yeah. many more tools to use uh, to kind of get the word out about awesome stuff going on. Is there any sort of plan you have for it coming in? Like, which, what, is there any sort of, like, idea you want to promote, you want to push more social stuff, more like more video content, more writing stuff, more um, like promoting events, like we're working on some video content now, mm. which would be really cool. Um, just to kind of streamline mm. I've been doing these talks with the curators mm-hmm. about some of the um, pieces in the permanent collection, yeah. but hopefully we have this great exhibition coming up um, nice. that opens actually the tenth. Um, called kimono and it yeah, has all these Japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. kimono which that is both singular and plural by oh, the way I didn't know that yes <laughs> see I'm learning things here today <laughs> on the show uh, so yeah that's the 12th 11th to the 12th I want to say that is the 10th the 10th right right so June 10th mm. it opens and that's your next big event you guys are promoting absolutely I love that building by the way and it's funny too I was just having a, mm. I had a really long conversation mm-hmm. with my friend Marcy shout out to Marcy about museums and how like when you go to a museum it's really, I love going to museums. I've gone to one in mm-hmm. Albany. I've lived in New York for a long time. I've been to many museums around here. We don't go to a museum for a while. I sort of forget about it, but I can right. get, you get lost in museums really easily. Oh, and yeah. even Munson Williams, I forget, as a kid, I used to go because it was right around the corner mm-hmm. and I didn't like take, right. sort of take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. As you get older, it's crazy what's actually in there. And oh, yeah. the amount of content that's in there that I think people sort of take for granted. And sometimes it's it's kind of like Hogwarts, too, because <laughs> um, the curators have the museum stuff. Mm. There's stuff coming mm. out of the permanent collection that hasn't been out yeah. in a while. And so you kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. see things that you might not have seen for 10 years since you were on a school mm. trip or something yeah, like exactly. that, which is really cool. Now, Hogwarts is some kind of Lord of the Rings thing. Sure. No, I'm, sure. I'm sorry. And then, uh, I'm Star Trek, too. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> So that's great. Uh, so you guys get the Kono event coming up. Yeah. Um, Arts Arts Fest. Uh, Arts Fest. Cider nice. Guard Show. When's that coming? That's got to be coming up. Soon. That is coming up the twenty sixth mm. to the first. Nice. So I always like it when I. There's always like a weird <laughs> moment when I drive down the street because mm-hmm. um, I have to drive to North Utica every day for work. Right. So I have to go right past the building. And there's always like one time every year where I'm just driving by and I go, "Hey, the signs are going up." <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, so that's coming up soon. I'm looking forward to that day in a few weeks when I go, "Hey, they're putting the, the things." The up. brand new banners are up. The flowers are planted. We're ready for you. Come uh, on down. <laughs> <laughs> now, for all the things we've discussed so far mm-hmm. today, uh, people probably wouldn't realize that the reason I initially reached out to you about this uh, was I saw that you've been promoting a lot of Players Utica. Absolutely. Uh, which is much different than Utica Players, which is something I started back in the 90s. That's, we don't I feel like that's in your own mind. The Players Club. <laughs> the yeah, Players yeah, yeah. Club. We don't know about the Players Club. Uh, no. Uh, so, uh, what's your, so, for people who may not know, how are you connected necessarily to the Players Theater? You're a member of the crew, you work uh, shows, you do like you're doing ticket stuff as well. So. I'm a new member of the board. The board? Wow, look I'm at you. A new member of the board. Um, I've actually been volunteering um, for Players of Utica since I was in middle school. My mom and I used to volunteer together. Nice. So we would help and then we would go see the show mm-hmm. and uh, 
that was kind of during the period uh, after the fire, actually. After so, the fire, yeah. Before, I think a little bit before and then after the fire. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been a yeah. huge proponent of flares for most of my life. <laughs> uh, my sister was. Uh, my sister went to musical theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to Syracuse for musical theater. Okay. That's where her degree is in. Uh, so she did a lot of the player stuff when mm-hmm. I was younger, and then uh, and then did some stuff at UC and at Proctor and all over yeah. the place. And, but I remember going to. <laughs> this is my my one sad player story. Uh, you know, my sister would do Scrooge every year. Mm-hmm. And I I love Scrooge. Which, are they not doing Scrooge anymore? They have ended not, the run ended of Scrooge ago, right? just yeah. because it's it was such a long run. But yeah. But that's what that was the thing that I associated yeah. with it though, and, mm-hmm. I, and to a certain point, it makes sense why they moved on from it, right? right? Like when it becomes the thing that mm-hmm. you become so like. Well, it's it's a lot. Of, it just was growing every year. The cast was bigger. There's yeah. more moving pieces to to kind of add to the puzzle. Yeah. So even though the material is well known, yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of people have done the show for multiple years. Um, it's just a, it's hard to wrangle two hundred people. Yeah, yeah. In a single cast, mm-hmm. I mean. My brain just explodes thinking yeah. about it. And I gotta say, it, it always seemed like, at least from what I knew about mm-hmm. it from the outside, there never seemed to be a ton of turnover. It seemed to be like a lot of people would do the same roles over and over again. Like, my mom always knew the guy who played Bob mm-hmm. Cratchit is the guy who played Bob Cratchit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. uh, I wonder sometimes, like, if after a while it becomes, like, we need to just freshen things up a little bit. And I think that's what we're trying to yeah. do. Um, so, we are having a, a Christmas show this year, but oh, it's nice. a kind of different take <laughs> on a Christmas show. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. Like a, like a non... Uh, like a, a multiple holidays Christmas show or like a... It's uh, it's called, and I can reveal this now oh because our season is finally out to the public. Big reveals. I love it. Um, the Christmas show is going to be the Farndale Avenue Housing Estate Townswomen's Guild Dramatic Society's production of A Christmas Carol. Hey! It's <laughs> quite the title. <laughs> Just to kind of convey the utter chaos that this show is going to bring to Christmas productions. <laughs> uh, so... Now you guys just did a show this weekend. You guys, you, people, you're ending this weekend with right. 110 shades. Absolutely, and it's been a really good run. Um, I was going to ask you how things have gone so far. We had sold out nights um, mm. the first week, so that's awesome. And uh, I just I was hearing Danielle Priori belting out songs oh, when I was working on the helping <laughs> helping out behind the scenes. And she was deathly ill, and she pulled it off. And I was like, yeah. how is she hitting these notes, first of all, period? The, and then with with that kind of a cold. <laughs> that whole Priori clan's pretty talented. I knew yeah, the older are. male Priori who lived in mm-hmm. Brooklyn for a while. He's another playwright type. And yep. he was very uh, talented, starving artist type. <laughs> he was a very good guy. Yeah. Uh, so you guys also have open mic nights coming up on the 12th, I think they were saying. We're doing an alternating... Uh, kind of scenario for mm-hmm. four weeks we're trust, trying to test it out sure. so this is all sure. new territory for players of oh yeah i like it bold new frontiers exactly <laughs> so we're calling it at 10 buck tuesdays nice and the first week is going to be an open mic night mm-hmm. and then the second tuesday is actually going to be improv oh, for nice. anyone oh, with any level of <laughs> um a, yeah. having a background in it or not come on down <laughs> so then we're going to go back to open mic and then another improv night so we're really kind of opening it up. We're hoping to kind of encounter some people that maybe have been tentative about coming to the theater mm-hmm. and are interested in performing or just kind of showing off what they can do yeah. or finding out themselves. So that's kind of cool. And I also want to say, I saw you tweeting today about like two-man show that's coming up in July or two-person show. I have a two, yeah. two-man two show that's coming yeah. up. Uh, <laughs> it's called, it's actually written by Mark Twain. It was adapted mm. by David Birney Beer, into uh, this awesome script. Okay. But it's uh, Diaries of Adam and Eve. Mm. So it's hilarious and then 
kind of sad. Because hmm. it's just, <laughs> I think to me that's kind of my favorite combination of things. Oh, yeah. It makes you laugh until you're almost peeing yourself. And then right when you're at the height of your laughter, it gets real. And you've formed a, you've formed a very close connection to these characters. And I think that's something special when it kind of pulls yeah. the rug out from under you emotionally. Have you watched the HBO show Barry? Barry's no. kind of like that. It's that Bill okay. Hader one. Yeah, I did hear a, about that where he's the con. Very the similar. Hitman. Like It's funny, but there's an inherent mm-hmm. like drama and sadness to it. And there's a really right. nice, sweet middle ground that exists between yeah. the two that sort of keeps you on your toes, right? Keeps you... Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I've made this argument over the years that I think that comedy is actually harder to write and perform <laughs> yes. than drama in a weird way. So whenever they see like some comedian do some really fantastic, dramatic right. performance, like, oh, they can act. It's like, well... Yeah, it's they can really act because they can do comedy because comedy is tough. Because it's all in the timing. Yes, it's all timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dram- like dramatic stuff, it's it's very hard as well. Different but, type of thing. But I think writing it or kind of formulating it, um, it's just, it doesn't, you can, you can achieve the goal, which is to kind of get an emotional reaction without perhaps as much nuance. Yes, and yeah, comedy, yeah. it is all about every single little detail, every bit of nuance. Oh yeah, to to make it work, and it's always, if especially if it's something farcical, it's like if this door hits, you need to have this door open by this minute. <laughs> well, and also depending, you know, and comedy is really weird because you are you're inherently making a discussion about percentages, right? Like I mm-hmm. happen to like weird ten to fifteen percent comedy that, like, when it hits mm-hmm. for the ten to fifteen percent, they think it's great, but I know that isn't. Like, it's not totally replicable. And that's why Mm -hmm. over the years, even though I love David Lynch, I love Twin Peaks, I love, like, weird stuff like that, I kind of find, yeah, Twin Peaks mug, uh, I actually find, like, Steven Spielberg Mm -hmm. to be an interesting parallel because it's probably harder to make Mm -hmm. a movie like Jurassic Park that has, like, a 97% approval rating Mm -hmm. than a movie like Mulholland Drive that's like, I know that most people are not going to like this, <laughs> right. right? So there's something, I think there is some sort of strange talent and creative art to being mm-hmm. sort of, to being able to connect to a wide variety of people because that's yeah. very hard. I mean, to get off track. Oh, that. you're fine. No, <laughs> I just kind of, I think about it, I think about kind of these dark comedies yeah, yeah. that I'm drawn to. Um, last year I did Sorted Lives, mm. which was a white trash comedy, but it was actually really emotional Every scene was both really funny and then yeah. had a really emotional kind of tether grounding sure. it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's the same thing with this oh. because everyone knows what happened to Adam and Eve. Um, and they can kind of, oh, you're in the garden. Oh, you did a bad thing. You get kicked out of the garden. Now you're going to die. And then everyone forgets about Cain and Abel, too. Yeah. And it's you get so caught up in the pettiness of these two characters who are trying to understand themselves. They're trying to understand their world. Mm. And then you kind of forget that you actually know how all these stories end. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so it's funny because when I first came across the script a few years back, I'm looking at it and like, did he write this? Like his Eve is exactly the way that I was as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was correcting everybody and like chasing after somebody I liked a little bit too much and coming on too strong. Of course. And then uh, just like curiosity about everything to the point where people kind of find you a bit much. So I was like, she's me. It's me. It's me as a teenager. Did you relate to Lisa Simpson when you were a kid, too? No. I, no. I liked Bart. Okay, I had this argument with my nephew yesterday. He's like, who's your favorite Simpsons character? I was like, Homer. He's like, you're lame. I was like, what? Homer's I, come on. I like Bart. I, I liked the rebel. 
I think that uh, that's a whole different conversation. I, I, I'm, but... rebel- I'm rebellious, but I'm also a stickler. It's very complicated. Uh, and I want to sorry, I want to shout out the website real quick because I know you have to head out soon because you have to go do tickets tonight, don't you? I do. I'm, well, I'm helping with the 50-50, yeah. uh, so we got to make uh, it work. So uh, playersofutica.org is the website. I know that, mm-hmm. I don't know how often you guys are updating that, but I assume everything's up oh, there all the time. people. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I do have a couple, we've done lightning round questions with you in the past, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not going to give you the same questions, but I've come up with a couple different questions. Some of these are some I asked Phil Farta, who was on here mm-hmm. last week, because he he created the Five Timers Club. He's been on here five oh, times wow. now. You've only been on air three, which is three. still very impressive. Right. You, I have my and, trophy still. Yeah, well, I, that's a whole other thing. I've lost the trophies. Oh, no. It's gone off the rails oh, with the trophy. All, so. all over. Uh, so here's a few questions I have for you. Uh, you can take as long or as short as you'd like to answer them, but I have a bunch, so I'm just going to flip through them real quick. Uh, question number one, Carrie Bostic, what makes you optimistic about the future? Um, well, kind of just seeing that humanity isn't so terrible hmm. sometimes. So it hmm. could be... Um, a lot of the times when I'm photographing the kids yeah. at the events at the, the Institute, don't. that's like my favorite part of my day. Um, sometimes it's my favorite part of the week because yeah. they're just adorable. They're just doing their own thing. It makes it's, you feel good. It's before yeah. you start to be self-conscious. So kind of seeing that there is a sweetness that is still out in the world. And sometimes adults surprise you with that too. So anything like that. My students are about <laughs> 12 through 14 and they're all losing that sweetness like oh, no. at this moment. They're just like, Ugh. Well, they're getting um, cynical. Uh, what was the first album you bought with your own money? Mm. First album with your own money. Oh, my. Well, this is tough. <laughs> <laughs> tough one. <laughs> I, I want to say Green Day. Which one? Because one of my first ones was Nimrod by Green Day. I bought that at the Saturday mm. matinee in the Sangertown Square Mall with the $12 I had in my pocket. It was American Idiot. American Idiot? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're not, you weren't buying records that recently, then, huh? Well, no, this is my first one. I don't first know. one. Well, That's yeah, cool. but I had been I had been given CDs before that. Oh, okay. Point. I, I didn't really oh, have a job. So you're at talking that point. like vinyl. I style. thought you were talking my first stuff. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> Not my latest. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Carrie, do you believe in ghosts? Um, I don't think I believe in ghosts, but I think I believe in kind of the impressions people can leave behind. Hmm. And that's that's kind of coming from my theater background. Hmm. Um, absolutely, theaters are haunted. <laughs> but they're not haunted. I don't think it's like a physical manifestation like or something. Like the Phantom of the Opera or something. Yeah. I love to go into a big theater, like uh, whether any any place that's kind of soaked up that ambiance, or just be in a, be in any theater when no one else is around. Oh yeah. And some people think that's creepy, but I think it's kind of cool because you can kind of feel all the emotions yeah. of the people that sat in those seats before. So that's kind of what I consider the closest thing to a ghost that I've. Nobody at the Stanley will confirm that it's haunted. And they all know it is. They're all lying to me, but they won't confirm it to me for whatever reason. I've reached out to many folks, and they won't just take it. I think it's a good call. I think it's more of an ambiance. I do. Me. That's me. I just think, I think a theater should have an yeah. ambiance of the people that have been there before you. Carrie, if you could only have one condiment for the rest of your life, hmm. what would you choose? Hmm. Chocolate syrup. Does that You're count? the second person who said that, that and then does, followed that up with, does that count? I don't know. Uh, for ice cream purposes, that absolutely. What should. else could you put on besides ice cream, though? You're, that's the only. You're not gonna put it on French fries or like eggs. Yeah, but I don't put anything on anything else unless it's really mm. chocolate syrup. So okay. all right, that's my main you. thing. I'm sorry, you. man. Uh, Carrie Bostic, what is your most uncomfortable social situation? Oh God, I have so many social awkward <laughs> moments. I'm one of those people that. 
if my family was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm or if I'm watching anything where it's highly socially awkward mm. situation, I have to physically leave the room sometimes because I am so in my own head about it. So My mom can't even watch The Office. That's too much for her sometimes. Mm. Like, Michael Scott doing stuff is too much for her sometimes. I think watching back The Office now, sometimes Michael Scott doing things now. But at that time, there's, it wasn't that bad. There's I mean, only it was one, bad, but... <laughs> the only one moment of that show for me, mm-hmm. and if you folks haven't watched it, go look up this episode called Scott's Tots. Oh, God. Where he tells oh. all the kids he's going to give them college tuition. That's oh, one of no. the hardest cringiest episodes of anything I've ever seen. It was, like it was really That's rough. Really it was a really <laughs> rough really moment. Rough. It's not a diversity day. Let's put it that no, way. No, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. So basically, it's not hard to make me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm very, I have a very low bar for social awkwardness in situations. Uh, most people know about me that a uh, professional wrestler was my dream job as a child, but Carrie, what was your dream job as a child? I wanted to be a volcanologist. A volcanologist? What is that? I study volcanoes in my mind. That's what I thought I was going to be doing. (laughs) I thought I was going to be studying seismology and volcanoes. And that was totally where I saw myself in like fourth grade. Mm. I'm with you. I thought I was going to be a paleontologist for a while too. And then they said you'd have to move out to like the the Midwest. And I was like, no, I'm good. I just was like, Um, I feel like it's really hard to mm. like track down all the volcanoes Mm. and you have to travel a lot and I love traveling but it was just I don't know I realized I was more kind of English and history oriented than sciences so I'll just read about science articles and <laughs> that's pretty good that's fair this is a tough one for you mm-hmm. in our is a tough deep question for you do you think that art should be separate separated from the artist it's um, a tough question in these in these trying times we live in I think we have to yeah because I think once you create something it tends to have a mind of its own and kind of mm-hmm. a runs away. At yeah. that point, it, it is outside of you. It is not part of you anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think um, if you're kind of coming off of the Me Too movement and all that, if that's well, just, kind of where you were... Well, sort of. I mean, like, you look at, like, mm-hmm. the Kanye West of the world and it's like he's out here saying all this stuff, making people angry on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But if the album comes out and people like it, does it matter what he said before that? Can you separate him being a like kind of a weird guy from the art he makes or even the Roseanne thing. Like, can you look back at the old episodes? I went back and watched a lot of these old Roseannes. I'm like, can I look back at this show at this time and see it as a thing, even though I don't like what she stands for now. Right. And that, and I've struggled with that with a lot of, you know, with the me too thing. Louis CK is probably the one that was was like, yeah, I looked at these stand up comedy things that he did growing up. I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, a lot of these were like, I I love this stuff. And it's hard for me to look back at it now because I'm looking Mm -hmm. at him through a different light. But should I be able to separate that from him? I think I think there's a difference between kind of giving blind support going forward after yeah, that okay. stuff comes to light mm-hmm. and appreciating the 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 mm-hmm. art when when before right. you knew yeah. ill. Or I so I think there needs to be a distinction because you can't have anything without having it being touched by many hands. And right. so I think you need to separate what is going into the world versus the person that might be doing really unconscionable unconscionable things on their off time. Yeah, the only people I feel bad for in this whole Roseanne thing, honestly, were the people who, like, work on the show. I'm not talking about the actors. I'm talking about, like, the The grips and the crew and, like, whatever. That's a tough gig, right, for them to just have that whole, like, yanked out from under you, but... But I think they're yeah. going to be, I did hear something that they're going to keep that show going for. I guess I was kind of thinking more of the people that have actually been charged with crimes. Oh, well. Following. Well, that's a tough one, too. Because you work. look at, like, 
I have a hard time now with like Woody Allen, even though nothing's ever really right. like come out about him. Like in terms, well, he hasn't well been, things have come yeah, out about him. Right. He hasn't been formally, formally a queen, you know, like yeah. whatever. But even that, like I look back, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I feel like I have a hard time looking at all the stuff that he put out now and not seeing his weird. Like, right. Yeah. And I think I think that's I think that's a case by case. I yeah. I, I just believe if you've done something to hurt people yeah. and are being held accountable for it, then going forward, I don't think you should be supporting that person or right. that Absolutely. whatever they produce. But it's it's going back to... I don't to, think you get to choose if you hurt somebody. Right? When you If you've hurt somebody's feelings or done something to upset them or make them feel uncomfortable and you're like, well, I didn't mean to, it doesn't mean that you didn't make that person upset right. or uncomfortable, right? You don't get to dictate... Like what, what their feelings are after because a situation. Of what you did. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. And I think that's been yeah. an issue, too. And yeah. then... There's just, it's a many-layered beast. <laughs> that was a great answer, though. Well, uh, so give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Oh, I'm rereading uh, Good Omens. Good Omens. Which is by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Oh. And it is so funny and so sharp, and it's about uh, the oncoming apocalypse, mm. as they kind of saw oh, nice. it, jokingly. And uh, there's a show coming out with oh, David nice. Tennant. And I can never remember his name, but he played Lucian in Underworld. Mm. And then he was also in Frost Nixon. Oh, um, oh God. And you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, if if you're an Underworld fan, he's very good. But uh, Tenet is playing the devil, the demon. He's good evil. But he's, it's kind of interesting. And then Lucian from Underworld is playing the angel. Mm. And I love the juxtaposition of these two characters because they are really a lot closer to each other than their kind of counterparts in Heaven and Hell, Mm. who are all very gung-ho on, well, we're going to see whose side wins this time. And they're just kind of like, we kind of like humanity. We want to stick around. This is a cool project we have going on here. Let's see Mm. see how it all works out. Is it a good place at all? No, but I do love Kristen Bell. If you are interested in that sort of, like, context, that show Mm -hmm. as a sitcom, which is, you know, obviously different. Right. It does touch upon some really interesting discussions about mm-hmm. like the afterlife and reli- it's really good. It's worth okay. it's worth watching if you're it's on Netflix first season. You yeah. can knock it out in like ten minutes. Oh, cool. Um, and last but not least, uh, Carrie, uh, thank you for spending so much time with us. You can follow Carrie on Twitter at c bostic underscore. I had to look that. I think up. it's two underscores. Is it two underscores? Because <laughs> I was trying to be. <laughs> well, I was going going off of my old od handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my Nantucket handle, and then I'm just like, well. I mean, I feel like if I change it too much, it's going to be confusing. So I I'll just kind of keep it close. I've had Twitter for so long that when yeah. I got my Twitter handle, mm-hmm. which is SF Doom, my personal one, <laughs> I just I was naming after a rapper I liked. I was right. like, yeah, yeah, SF Doom is my initials, right? Uh, <laughs> and now, like, I thought about changing it a couple years ago, and then I went to look online, and there's like 15, 20 people like named SF Doom, but they yeah. have underscores or numbers. So or, you're I'm the, the first. I'm the original only yeah, you one. you have to keep that. So I have to keep it. It's like, all right, well, that's it. Um, yeah. Besides, uh, yes. so besides, people can follow you, see you at Bostic underscore. Uh, again, doing great work, Munson Williams. Congratulations on the gig. Uh, and check out playersofutica.org. Uh, um, um, we also have a lot of social media stuff now. So we're, yes. we're expanding I know, I just followed kids. you on Twitter before you got here. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now there's a Players of Utica Twitter account, and there's a Players of Utica Instagram account. Nice. So we're we're putting up cool stuff on both of those places. So Go ahead and follow, out. folks. Do it. <laughs> uh, so besides, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. art, besides reporting, besides news, besides uh, being a part of the community, give me one more thing, Carrie, that you are passionate about. Oh, my. Hmm. Let's see. I don't know. I like... 
hearing stories from people, which I guess should not be surprising as a, a former reporter oh, and, and as somebody who likes to do theater in her spare time, but... There is a... If you don't... This is one of the arguments I always tell my kids. A lot of my kids don't like to read. Mm. And I was like, look, if you don't learn new things and take in new context, you can't... You tell the same stories all, all the time if you don't come up with... If you don't listen to new stuff, right? Like, right. I would be a worse writer if I didn't read more books and read more content. Mm-hmm. Because you need to sometimes take other things in to hear other things, learn different perspectives, learn different concepts, because maybe you wouldn't have thought of it, right? Right. Very important, I think, to always keep taking in new content, learning new things, hearing people's stories, mm-hmm. struggles. It's all like... It's working out for your brain. A little workout. I always kind of was the weird kid at, like, mm-hmm. birthday parties growing up. We would be at, like, the Ramada... Yeah. Or something, you know, for like the pool day or something like that. And then um, I would always be curious about the other kids at the pool that weren't part of the party. So yeah. I'd always wind up like making <laughs> friends with them. And I think that's, I don't know, I'd rather hear, I love to hang out with my friends, but I always, I'm kind of looking to, to mm. talk to new people, to talk mm. about things that we haven't come across before. So I'm always on the lookout for new stories. Harry Bostic. Interactive Marketing Manager, Munson Williams Proctor Arts Institute. Check them out, playersofutica.org for all the upcoming shows and events. I want to thank you for coming back. It's always a pleasure to have you on. It's lovely to be here. It's nice to have you back. (laughs) It's nice to be home. Well, it's great to hear. (laughs) Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. Welcome back, folks, to the show. Again, Carrie Bostic, always a great pleasure to talk to her. I had a nice time. Glad she's still here. Yeah. yeah. Like Glad she's still ones. here. Sometimes people leave, but it's good to have um, great you know, team members still in Utica. I want all the talented and passionate people to stay forever and help okay. join the cause. Take your talents to Utica. Uh, sure. So, uh, guys, a special treat for you guys this week. Uh, no history lessons this week. Uh, we're going to do something different. What? Yeah, no history lessons. I didn't really have time to sit down and do research. So, for you, so not a single history not, lesson. Well, you're not lying. Well, we have something different. Even, you don't Remember even want to talk about... Us before? Yeah, he has. He's so tricked us into skeptical. history. So we're going to do, well, do the other thing we do. We're going to do the movies and music from the eras. So we're going to talk about uh-huh. some right. movie and music. Okay. So, right. so we're going to... So basically, it's movie and music-based yeah, history, history lessons. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. On this day, so Here's the thing. I don't have further research besides what's what we talk about so okay. i don't uh, have like i don't have three pages of highlighted notes for this because you don't need them because i know oh something <laughs> that happened 25 years ago oh well, we, that's not even on this that's a whole separate <laughs> really? thing no this is different right, that's different enough. than that uh, so on this day 1988 the number one song this sounds a lot like history well number it's one song lesson. number one song in america was Together Forever by Rick Astley, which is the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, together yeah. Forever. The other Rick Astley song that's not the Rick I like role. this. Together Forever. better? number ones from years ago, yeah. <laughs> okay. And the number one movie in the country mm-hmm. was Crocodile Dundee 2. I love it. Number weird. two. I liked why. I read, a, I read a weird article about Crocodile Dundee like just why? today. And that's by the old one? Say that. Yeah, the, the old first one? one. They were talking about... 
it was something about Crocodile Dundee being problematic and it being a surprise that it was like number one whenever year it was done. I don't remember the point of the article, but I read that today. There's a really good Simpsons episode where Homer and Bart go to Australia and they talk about that. They make a joke about like there's a period of time in the 80s, the late 80s, where it seemed like Australian culture was taking off in America, right? And then it just sort of did that. not. Then <laughs> it did kind of not after a while. I've actually never seen either Crocodile Dundee movie, so I, I, I don't. Like I for sure saw him when I was like a kid, but I haven't retained much. Oh, I just know guys. like the knife thing. We're right? not as old as you. Stop! Wow. Really, we're gonna go there. No, we're not. But we I'm just saying, did. like, we miss movies at different points That's in true. certain ages because when you're that young, like you only get a handful of them when you're super okay, young. Okay. So I got one. Of them. There was a Crocodile Dundee thing this year. Did you see they made a fake trailer for a new Crocodile Dundee movie that, that doesn't exist? No. Oh, I thought it was actually a comedy movie they were making. No, it was no. a fake trailer with Danny McBride and one of those handsome Hemsworth kids, and yes. they uh, and they did like a new Crocodile Dundee, and the trailer was so good that people were like, "You should actually make this movie," and they're like, "Nah." Now we're good. Uh, all right, so we'll move on. This year, 1998, the number one song in America. It was a duet. It was two of the hottest young pop in 98? stars. 98? 98, duet. The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. The Boy wow. Is Mine. What's up? What? Brandy <laughs> and Monica. Song of the Summer from June 6th through August 29th. It was the biggest nice. song in America. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good huge. track. It was a, nah, it's all right. It's pretty good. I, I mean, love that song. It's well written, like pop song craft, but like it's not like, oh yeah, I'm gonna throw it on like in my. Like, I did. Throw... I put it in my CD player. In my yeah, but it's not like CD. throwback party bangers. <laughs> so, who who had a better career post this song, Brandy, Brandy. or Monica? Brandy, Brandy, just by the sense that I think Monica Neither. works. I think Monica works at like the Applebee's up in North Houston. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, never heard her again. Brandy at least got some TV checks. I don't know. Uh, bonus song. Can you name the song that knocked it off the uh, the number one? It was a theme from a movie. Men in Black. It wasn't. No, like, the movie was. Titanic? No, it was a disaster movie set in space. Oh, I don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith. Yes. No, I want to go by you. That was like every Okay, I hate that song how are you not so gonna, much. How are you not going to don't want to miss a thing at all? I don't want to miss a day. Oh my God. It's like you can just mumble. Now like, it's going to be in my you know how people, for the rest of the night. People do that to like Pearl Jam sometimes. Like you just mumble your way through a Pearl Jam song. That's a song that you can just like drunkenly yeah. stumble your way Some through. Some people famously known for doing that are Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Uh, number one movie in America. There was, uh, The number one movie in America was the really terrible 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie that is a true Ooh, Godzilla I favorite. That. Yeah. I love that movie. As an affront to true Godzilla you movies. Always, you're, an, you're an iguana truther, so I know that. <laughs> that movie would be better if it wasn't called Godzilla. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. By great Godzilla. soundtrack, I just mean they had that good version of Green Day's mm. Brain Stew with the Godzilla noises in it. <laughs> yes, And it had uh, the in, exceptional Rage Against the Machine song, No Shelter. Mm. And it also had the um, air by Ben Folds Five. The puff, yeah, it had the Ben Folds song, but it had the Puff Daddy song with Jimmy Page. So they Casually, did, yeah, the ca- they did come with Cashmere, me. and they called it "Come with Me." They took the song "Cashmere" and he rapped over it, and Jimmy Page in the video because I remember Man, being my a stepdad kid. Hated that. So did my dad. <laughs> That's what I remember. So like, oh, Dad, you won't believe the new Puff Daddy track. It's just nuts. Oh. And he's like, this is, yeah. damn it, this is, but you know what? So angry. <laughs> yeah, my stepdad was pissed. I had a lot of that when I was young, though, because I was in, like, 7th and 8th grade. I was really into, like, Puff Daddy and the family, and every hit they put out was, was another song. Yes. But it was, like, David Bowie or, like, Cool in the Gang or, you know, Led Zeppelin or whatever it was. And every song my dad's like, you know these are songs already. You're so mad. I was like, yeah, but is Jay on top of it? No, I didn't think so. Um, all right. Did you, do you have the locks on there? <laughs> uh, do you know what movie knocked it off, number one? It was a Jim Carrey movie. Oh. Not, not liar, a funny liar. one. 
Not a funny Jim Carrey oh, movie. Oh, Truman God. Show. Yes, The Truman Show. Yeah, I Underrated. I like that movie still. It's still good. Truman Show's good. No. Uh, 2008, let's move on. Number one song in America. I never would have guessed this at all. It was Lil Wayne featuring Static with the song Lollipop. Yeah, that was huge. I oh, didn't man, remember summer it. Summer 2008, Carter 3? <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember it until I looked it up. Like I, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay, this one, right? I don't know it, so I can't sing it if you guys were hoping for no. a Lil Wayne no. verse. I could I do, if you, you give you me the it. beat, do I could it. do every single word of Amelia right now. The second <laughs> sing off that album, I guarantee I don't, it. I, do, you, do you want me to learn the beat right now? It's true. I could actually, if we turned off, I could teach you that beat in like three minutes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's got <laughs> three components, and it's a really, really simple beat, and that's all it is. There's no instrumentation, just 808 drums. See what kind of buzz we get in this. Maybe for episode three, uh, 156 next week, three anniversary, we'll do a live rap session of Amelie. We'll yeah, see. maybe. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Uh, well, by the way, I'm busy next Monday. Oh, uh, we're <laughs> I'm not here. Uh, number one uh, movie in America was Kung Fu Panda. Uh, and then also The Incredible Hulk. That was sort of a transition, the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk. And then finally, just for fun, do you guys know what the number one song in America right now is? Oh, man. Oh, I know um, nothing about pop. Uh, I didn't know either of these two if it makes you feel any better so I'll give no, you either this one not. Uh, the number one song for the last two weeks was Nice For What by Drake okay Okay. Uh, but that is no longer number one oh. the current number one is a song called Psycho by Post Malone featuring mm. Ty Dolla Sign do you know yeah. any of those things? no I'm I do cool. I know well, yeah Ty Dolla Sign is, uh, he's the good music guy he was on yeah, Kanye's yeah. like cool I heard that name. a couple other and Post Malone is some weird goony little kid with face tattoos that's very popular right now. Oh, Another one yeah. of the first artists that really makes me be like, oh my god, I'm old. Like That's the kid that gets like arrested for selling drugs when he's like 20 at a festival. I see. But he's turned it into this weird thing. Okay. But it's not. Good for him, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the number one movie in America, what is it? Right now? Yeah, number one movie in America right is now. Is Ocean's, Ocean's 8? Yes, that's right. Ocean's 8, knocking off my uh, that movie Solo that I railed against last week. I want to see it. Ocean's Eight. Mm-hmm. I like all the other ones. I like all the people in the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like a heist movie. I like a heist I know, movie. I like those movies, so I'm all about going to see it. Do you think that this is leading to a larger Ocean's Eight collected universe where they make a movie where everyone from all the Ocean's movies no. are in it, all the men and They've the women? That I mean, if you, if you can count, think... if you can count cameos, then yeah. Well, it's okay. You can't so, afford to pay all those. That's people. what I'm saying. You're not going to pay. Them. You so, can't pay Clooney, Pitt, and Damon what they want to pay them, plus all the rest of these people. You just it's not a big enough movie. This is that. a mild spoiler. So if you don't, if you're planning on going to see this movie, this is a very, very, very mild Would spoiler. You see it? No, I'm just I read I something about this. That, I read something about. It. So one of the story arcs in this movie is that Danny Ocean, aka um, George Clooney, is dead. Right, he died. Right oh, I now, that. I don't know if that's actually real in universe if they're played up for something later on, but that's one of the arcs, right? To get away from him as the character, I think that'd be weird if they killed him off. I don't think George Clooney's dead, right? But that's the story arc, so that's how they get away from the old cast. So it makes you wonder if they're like, we're not talking about the old movies that are all for if there's some sort of greater. Let's all tie this back in in the end. Everything's a cinematic universe now. Uh-huh. We need to we need to have our own like the Utica cinematic universe. The Utica cinematic. Oh, there is a made in Utica cinematic universe, sadly, and Parkinson can talk for hours about it. We'll he probably <laughs> could. He's dude. He's so sick. He's a sick. Like, he desperately needs help. <laughs> uh, so Solo is no longer the number one movie in America. I rallied against Star Wars last week. I didn't get any real uh, anger from the people online because good because they agreed with me. Uh, however, Star Wars back in the news again this week for some negative stuff. I'm going to talk about it again. Do you guys know who Kelly Marie Tran is? people finally watch the movies? Oh, yeah. Never hey, mind. Whoa. Go ahead. Do your thing. Uh, no, do you guys know who Kelly Marie Tran is? I just finally read about her. Yeah, so she is, um, 
pardon me, that sour beer got me, got me, woo. Yeah, I know. You still got three quarters of that five-ounce glass to go. Pump uh, the brakes there, homie. Kelly Marie Tran is in the new Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. Uh, she plays a character named Rose. Um, and I'll, I'll admit it, I watched the movie, and the sequence that she is the lead character in, where her and John Boyega are running around on some weird casino planet, is probably the most boring part of the movie. Just, just being real. Mm. It's like, okay... Uh, but she's pretty good in it, and she's a good actress, and she's fun, funny, and on real life and on social media, she's very positive, she's like a normal person, and seems very chill and down to earth. Uh, she is no longer on social media because Star Wars fanboys trolled and harassed her with racist stuff all over the internet until she's quit social media. Uh, and I'm seeing, this is not the first time with the Star Wars franchise this happened, this happened to the director as well, he got in, like, notoriously got in fights with people, uh, on, like, Twitter and Facebook because of this, uh, you have any thoughts about like this sort of toxic fan fandom that goes on with a lot of these things? Rick and Morty is the other really popular one that people talk about with like this mm. toxic fan base, and it's I feel very weird about it. Like I just can't. I like weird things, but I can't imagine being angry at the people who create them. Those are just people with problems. Those yeah, people, right. those people clearly just have problems. Those that people are doing just, what they're they, doing they, they have own, less their in their own life. issues. They have less in their life. A lot of these people, you know what I mean? And they're, um, it's definitely. I can definitely recognize the fact that I have uh, specific privileges being both a guy and a yeah. white guy, furthermore. Yes. So, like, this lady, I can't really speak to what this lady felt with, you know, the bullying she was getting on Twitter and whatnot, but in my head, I'm just like, well, why don't you just then post Instagram videos of you fake weeping and blowing your nose into your $100 bills because you're rich? That's like, true. Is it, you know what I mean? Don't like, take insults, like can handle it and it's hard that that's and i can't i have a tough time identifying with that position yeah. i recognize the fact that that's mm-hmm. that's not the norm and that's just the way that i yeah. perceive things but i have a tough time wrapping my head around it like caring if that makes sense you know yeah. what i mean and i understand that my perspective is limited there but i just i, I have a tough time putting the shoe on the other foot in something like this my problem is always like this if you are a person on twitter you're a fan of something and you send somebody a death threat or say something about like where they come from or what you think about them like just delete your account bro mm-hmm. just just do it like it's it's just there's so much negative things like so much real things in the world to be concerned about right to like really just like try and ruin somebody's like, like this was a woman who was really excited to get brought into what she thought was like yeah, a dream she should be she's yeah. killing it she's in but Star Wars a lot of people have come rally for her a lot of actors yes and for sure so she's gotten a lot of support so hopefully this will bring she'll come yeah. back to social media and mm. it will be better for her but uh, I do have one brief history thing 25 years ago today. Yeah, See, I, I told it. you. God, you know what? what? That's it. No, no. Jurassic ah. Park, 25 years ago today. Okay. Uh, and I'm only That's tying it in. Trying to just back with Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Jurassic yeah. Park, backpedaling. Uh, well, <laughs> the only other thing is, I saw a lot of people, uh, I saw, <laughs> basically the point is this. Uh, there's a new Jurassic Park movie coming out. I saw, and I just saw something I saw was funny on Twitter. Uh, you're using dinosaurs and the thing. You're doing impressions of me. Great. Uh, I saw a thing on Twitter where they were Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic World the Fallen Kingdom was bragging about its 70% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and I was kind of thinking about it I'm like that's not something you should be bragging about seems like everyone gets like 97s and 98s and all these rankings out does that mean that the new Jurassic Park is trash they all have that <laughs> I mean the, yeah. <laughs> they all have that no, the first that's one's my opinion first, no, first one's awesome first I saw the first one wait a minute they all not even the, the first, first Jurassic one. Park the first one was great the first one was great I saw okay, the, sorry so let me go back 
No, she's backpedaling on Jurassic Park. Yeah, sorry. Damn it, you got me in it. But I love all of them but the first. I love the first one, not the rest. You love all of them but the first one. I like the first one, the rest were awful. Okay, sorry. I've never seen one. So wait, the new one, Jurassic World with Pratt, you don't like it? I haven't seen it. I just know I'm not going to like it. You might not. But I saw the other one. No, you probably would. No, why? Why would I? Because they fixed all the problems with the terrible one, William H. Macy with the pterodactyls and the dome. They fixed all that. It's better. I'm sure. I'll watch it. It's better. Those movies, these Jurassic Park movies. Don't, I'm sorry. Are you, I love you guys are like so angry at each other. It's always, like a romantic comedy. Oh, look at my name. All right, so let's move away from Jurassic Park. Uh, guys, I want to talk about uh, IHOP for a second. Or oh, yeah. IHOB. <laughs> Did you guys? This is great. So IHOP, uh, taking a little bit of a beating all over social media. Rightfully and so. Rightfully so. Uh, earlier this week, they announced, but didn't say why, they were changing their name from IHOP to IHOB. By switching the P to a B, yeah. uh, and then not telling people why, yeah. um, and of course they find out today it stands for now International House of Burgers. What? So they're leaning into hamburgers. Why would you not? Number one, everybody's got hamburgers. Everybody. Everyone has hamburgers. Everybody. I know, but there's like not like a hamburger place to go to. I mean, I think that maybe they're trying to hold on to something. I think their clientele is dying out. And they're trying to hold on to something and change it up. You mean except for all the hamburger joints? No, but joints? Not like a ha- where's our hamburger joint? Here? Five Guys, Wendy's, okay, that's McDonald's. It. But I mean something out. different like a restaurant where you can go sit in and like order like... Who's got... Everybody. No? Everybody's got burgers. I don't know. Everybody does. Maybe it's going to be different. It's an international No, why... Burger. Okay. The, when I saw... <laughs> an international burger, I see. <laughs> when I saw... Maybe they're into a pancake burger. You can I'll get a it. burger at like almost every restaurant yeah, in the entire not... world. You can go to like a sushi stand well, we in a little corner in doing. Japan they still got burgers. Listen, I think that they're doing a last minute... They're probably not doing well. Um, no, of course they're not. It's disgusting. Out, so they're trying one last... It's disgusting, disgusting food, but like when I I didn't know until you just said this that it was International House of Burgers. Burgers. That's for real, because I saw the IHOB and I'm like, okay, you know, International House of Breakfast. I guess it makes sense. It's weird as little burgers. Well, somebody made a point on Twitter that was a real good one. It was like, why don't you guys just start putting bellinis and mimosas on the menu and be the International House of Brunch? People would get get gassed about that. And that's right down the road for me. Yeah. I'm saying. For brunch, I'd bring Kaz. It would be a win win. The argument that they made. And there's a brunch option coming. I know a secret that I'll tell you after a while for the air. And there's a real. Look. I don't think you are. There's a real reason for them to start. Moving away from just breakfast. One of the arguments they're making is they make like 80% of their profit in the morning, right? They don't make much profit after like okay. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So, yeah, so definitely make it about burgers. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing I love more than popping down to the IHOP at 8 a.m. for <laughs> a medium rare hamburger if they with have a, a pancake one burger, and an I, egg on I'd it. Eat it. If I go there, they had a burger with pancakes. If on by it. a pancake burger you mean a pancake on a bun made of two more pancakes, so it was just three pancakes, <laughs> no. then yeah, maybe we ought to call it IHOP. <laughs> Good luck, IHOP. I hope this works for you. Uh, I sl- I just, not me. Death to chains. Eat local. I just want to throw a couple hot takes that I thought were really funny from the internet. Uh, International House of Betrayal. I saw that one on there. Excellent. Uh, I saw one one that just said, IHOP, millennials were about to kill us, so we finished the job ourselves. Um, And then I think the winner was Wendy's. So somebody tweeted at Wendy's, because Wendy's notoriously strong on Twitter. Oh, they're awesome. Uh, Said, so Wendy's, you just going to let IHOP sell burgers on your block? Thought you were the OG. Uh, and this was Wendy's response. Not really afraid of the burgers from a place that decided pancakes were too hard. Um, stone cold. From the, the I, went, to I went to, I happened to go to IHOP one morning. Um, it was like a pivotal morning in my life. Like, I'll, I'll never forget this day. I just like, 
I went to have breakfast with a bunch of friends after a chance where I hadn't been able to have breakfast with my friends for a long time. And so I went in and I ordered, like, we've got these pineapple upside-down pancakes. Now, I love a pineapple. I wanted breakfast. I'm into it. And they're showing these beautiful, like, pineapple pancakes, you know, crumbling pineapple baked into the picture's amazing. Yeah. What comes to my table, <laughs> 35 minutes later, what comes to my table is three pancakes. And what they did, they put a pancake down, put some pineapple from a tin, just sliced pineapple from a tin onto the, pine- the thing, another pancake, a little more sliced pineapple, Pancake, a little more sliced pineapple. It was a plate of just pancakes and wet pineapple. Nasty. That was the pineapple upside on pancake at the International House of Burgers. Why are you going so hard for the IHOP? I know, I like Like, you're just standing for the IHOP. I want to be difficult today. Today, (laughs) says Heather. uh, I'm going to skip the rest of our stories for the day because we've already went too long. And I'm just going to close out with this IHOP, IHOP, pardon me, story. Uh, The last major moment I went to IHOP that I remember was before. When we were playing in the band when we were younger, Kev, this is back in that era. Uh, my good friend Nick Fasali and my good friend Andrew Jarmack and a couple other folks and I went oh my to god. IHOP. Oh my god, yeah, okay. Yeah. And this was an era when you could get the all-you-can-eat pancakes. So the idea oh. was uh, we're going to go in and we're going to figure out who can eat the most all-you-can-eat pancakes from IHOP. I'm going to slide in quick and give you might be a little spoiler alert. Um, our one friend who we mentioned, our friend from high school, uh, this gentleman at this time in high school weighed easily 450, 500 pounds. He was a huge man. Tell the rest of your story. Uh, so I went in there and we went in there and we were all talking junk and we were, you know, we were ready and prepped to go and, you know, they start bringing out pancakes and I want to say that I got through six. Six pancakes. And they're not even like huge pancakes over yeah. there. They're pretty small, like silver dollar style pancakes, right? Mm. Uh, and I got it Too through, doughy. Too doughy. Too very doughy, dough. right? I put down six. I want to say my buddy Nick put down, oh my God, I can't remember, somewhere in the middle. The winner put down 19 pancakes. I can't even imagine. He was rolling them up and just putting yeah, them roll, down. Rolling them up. Like cigars. It was amazing. I'd never seen anything like it. And that'll always be the thing that I remember from IHOP. Oh, except for the other time I went to IHOP and got chicken and waffles. And it was legitimately chicken tenders and Eggo waffles. Like, I'm not even joking. My strongest, my one of my strongest IHOP memories is the song, International House of Pancakes, from what my first it? band when Damn. I was 16. Oh. Oh. My first band when I was 16. Yeah, yeah. I've closed out the show. I know you have. You want me to close out the show on it? Yeah. Man, we'll see what's up. I mean, it depends see. what you got. It's a totally your decision. Once, listen, once I'm done talking to the microphone, I'm done with all this. <laughs> It'll close out music after that, I've got a quick thing before we go. I love it. I don't know if anybody's seen the signs, the promos, anything around town uh, for an announcement being made on June 13th. You'll see the hashtag join the city. Mm. And that's all it says on the posters. And it's a big secret. There's a big announcement coming. Um, nobody's supposed to know what it is. It's supposed to keep it a secret, but this town leaks like a sieve. And I called in some favors and found out what they're announcing on June the 13th. I'm not going to say what it is, out of respect for the person who told me, but pay attention because it's super, super cool, and I'm really excited about it for the city. Not quite as excited as me, my friend. Probably not. Well, I guess I don't know. I'll tell you after we go off. I'll tell you after we go off. I'm going to knock down the rest of this three ounces of beer real quick. Watch. I've been nursing that glass for a month and a half, this kid. It's gone now. All right, guys. (laughs) 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 Follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWise1. Uh, follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF Doom, or don't just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Maybe number Utica. one on Stitcher. Number one. One on of Utica's Stitcher. favorite Tuesday release podcasts. You know it. 
156 episodes next week. Three-year anniversary, Woo-hoo. folks. I'm very excited. It's been a lot of fun I know doing what we this. can do for the three-year anniversary. Ooh, really? Okay. You and me can take the day off. And no. we'll get Higgins and Mara in here, and they can run it with Heather, and we'll do the all-girls show. <laughs> Oh, the all ladies podcast. I've talked about this. We've, we've got enough money in the budget to fly her up from Florida, right? With these three girls. Absolutely. Yeah, right. We got the money in the budget. Cool. Maybe I maybe I should reach out. Katie too. If if I could get, we've been trying to get all you guys to start no, a girls was... podcast, like yeah. for the Unicast Podcast Network. Yeah. Yeah. If I could get you and Katie and Higgins in here together. Oh my god! Next magic. week. All right. Maybe we'll see. Magic. Let's do it, folks. Thanks for joining us for 156 episodes as of next week. Uh, again. Follow us all over the place. Keep it tight. Uh, Woodstock lives. Sayonara, humanoids. And we will see you next week. It's the summer of George. Summer of George. Oh, yeah.